Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, our gaming podcast. And each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us as we dive into the wonderful world of games. So this week, what we're going to be doing, because we're approaching the end of the year, uh, and that usually means, you know, we want to pick the top games of the year. But in November and December, there are so many games coming out right now. It's kind of insane. So this is going to be in preparation for that. And we want to chat a little bit about some upcoming games that have definitely caught our eye. And I got to tell you, this list is a little overwhelming to look at. I I don't really remember whenever, <laughs> like the last time there was this many like games that actually looked pretty damn cool. And I, it has to be do with the fact with, like with COVID, everything getting pushed back and now it's the holiday. So everyone's trying to rush their games out. And there's some really interesting ones. There's some pretty heavy hitting titles that are coming out with stuff. And there are some really unexpected ones as well. And that's just with like the mainstream AAA market. And then when you start diving into the indie games too, oh boy, like there's a lot a lot of titles to be checking out and to keep your eye on this holiday season. So as we dive into this, maybe you'll hear about some games that you haven't heard about, or you'll find out that one game that you actually want to get this holiday season. So why don't we just dive right into what is piquing our interest the most as of right now? I mean, what was one game on that list right now that you're like, holy shit, really? (laughs) Like, that's cool. Ooh, for me, there's really two so mm-hmm. far that really I'm like excited about. And one of them is actually, I know, one that you're really interested in, too. And I mean, it's not out yet when we record this, but it comes out basically the next day. But uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Yes. I, so as the time of this recording, it won't be out. But by Monday, that game will be available for everybody. But, yeah. Oh boy. And. I'm excited for it. Like I grew up, my first one was on the GBA. Um, mm-hmm. I still visually remember going into a circuit city, looking at the cover art and thinking, wow, this is really cool. And I took it home and it was like difficult, but I understood it. You know, like I had played tactical RPGs before that. Not many. Cause I mean, there weren't that really that many around that were, I don't want to say mainstream, but we're up front, right? You had your Final Fantasy Tactics and your front mission. And we didn't, I mean, I didn't really know about a Fire Emblem until way later. So, like, for me, this game was so damn hard. And I think this is the remake of the GBA one. Or is it uh, Cling Together that it's a remake of... It's kind of hard to say like that it's a remake because they're adding so much to this title. Oh, it's the PSP one. Right. That Tactics Ogre. Yeah, Let Us Cling Together, which I actually have, but I haven't played it. But something that I love about the series is that it's difficult as hell. Mm -hmm. It To me, I feel like it's one of the few strategy games where i had to take a break from it i mean when i was younger obviously like it was frustrating because i didn't 
fully understand what to do. You know, you think about Final Fantasy Tactics, and for the most part, the game is very easy. Unless you, like, want to make it difficult on yourself with certain classes. In Tactics Ogre or Org Battle, um, which is, you know, same franchise, different style, but they're just harder games. There's so many other mechanics to it that just make it more complicated. But this reborn version have added some quality of life features to make it a little bit easier. But at the same time, you know, a lot of these new features are also added to the enemy AI. So to an extent, it kind of balances itself. I've watched a few reviews of people talking about it. There was one person that did like a full, like like a review after fully playing it through. And everyone is saying amazing things about it. And I'm excited. You know, it's, I've been craving a strategy RPG actually, since I didn't get a chance to play uh, triangle strategy this year. Mm-hmm. So I've been like hungry for a game like that. And, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, it looks phenomenal, like you said. And I like a lot of the new features that they're adding into this title, which I think is really cool. One of the big things with tactics games, like you said, it is an incredibly hard experience for most players to dive into. But one of the quality of life things that they're bringing in is that you can actually go back up to 10 turns if you don't like the outcome of a situation. Like 10 turns is a lot in a tactics game. Yeah. So that's going to be really exciting. The ability to replay missions and things like that, kind of like this turn back time situation, I think is going to be really, really cool. And then the upgrade to the animations is fantastic. Like after I did play through Triangle Strategy, I beat the whole thing and we talked about it here as well. But after that, I've been craving a really good tactics game. So I'm really excited for this. I played a little bit of Digimon Evolution, got pretty far in it, but there was not enough combat for me. Mm. And that was kind of like eh. the one thing I will say is they are taking a page from Digimon Evolution that I am a little concerned about uh, where there is no random battles anymore. Mm. So but what there are are training sessions. So in between missions, you can just hop into a training session and that will act as your random battle. So you can grind as much as you want. Right. So it kind of like takes away a little bit of the difficulty, I think. Uh, so I'm wondering how that's going to balance out if like you just hop into a mission and, and you realize, oh, I'm severely underleveled for this because of the lack of battles in between. So I'm a little curious to see how the balancing is there. But from what we've seen with the reviews, it doesn't seem to be hindering it at all. So this is going to be a really, really fun title to pick up and just start playing. Another amazing title for the Switch, I think. So. And it's going to be my Switch game, 100%. Kind of crazy that there hasn't been a game in this franchise since that one on the GBA. Not counting, like, the the Let Us Cling Together, like, the PSP uh, reboot, but... There's also the, the actual... iPhone one. There's a Tactics on that just came out a couple years ago on iPhone. It's, hmm. like, Brave Legends or something like that. It's kind of cool, but it's more modern graphics style. It's not, like, pixel graphics. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, other than, my, other than that, it's been almost like 20 years since they actually had like a main title to it, which is kind of crazy. But um, yeah. I anybody who's fans of strategy RPGs, it's like, I feel like it's almost like 
one of those essential ones you need to play just because you know it's old-fashioned square soft square enix like it's just it just uh, feels it, good it's that comfort food it's the comparison point for all tactic team <laughs> I, I in my opinion like every time you talk about a tactics game, it's like, oh well, is it like this, right? Because like it seems like that's their reference point for all tactics games. Is it's the Final between Fantasy that? Series. Yeah, it's between that and Final Fantasy Tactics. Like when I talk to people in like small RPG groups, it's usually one or the other that people like more. Yeah, and more people like Final Fantasy Tactics just because it's more accessible, but people that are really fans of the genre usually go to the org franchise. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Um, okay. So these couple games did come out already as far as the recording, but it's November and I figured we might as well talk about them a little bit. You have some experience with one of them, uh, God of War. So mm-hmm. this has been a highly anticipated game for quite a while. And it looks like they've changed a few things up, but I've tried to stay away from it because I'm really behind on God of War, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I haven't played the newest like reboot of this series. I own it. It's still wrapped and it's in my cat uh, closet and I haven't played it for some reason. Don't know why. Same thing with Horizon. Damn. That's sitting there, too. Just wrapped and like, oh, yeah, I'll play it one Damn. day. so i'm a little behind on this one but from what i've seen it looks pretty awesome and from what i've heard of the story right it's set three years after the last rendition and then it's you fight people like thor and all that stuff which is pretty dope uh the new weapons look amazing like the new shields so i this one looks really really cool it seems like they're doing some good stuff but with someone who has hands-on experience with it what's your like, how, what's your take on the new God of War Ragnarok? So I'm about I'm trying to disregard some of the idle time in it, but I'm about five hours in and I really like it. It definitely feels like kind of exactly where the base game left off. You know, for anybody out there that played the 2018, it feels a lot like it. There are some quality of life improvements, a lot of accessibility options, too. If you don't like certain things, you can switch it up, which is nice. I uh, Any game that allows me to kind of get rid of quick time events where you don't have to mash buttons, but instead of hold a button, mm. is a winner to me. And they did that, which is fantastic. They also make it so you don't have to really worry about timed puzzles, which, you know... When I play a game like that, I don't really want to worry about timed puzzles and stuff a lot of the time. I just want to, like, enjoy the story. So, I mean, I have my difficulty up high, but I want my puzzles easy. And um, it's it's nice being able to tweak the game, and there's a lot to it. It's gorgeous, even on performance mode. Uh, I'm playing on the PS5 right now, and it's I tried quality, which was nice. You know, it basically for me, I feel like there's not that much of a visual difference between the two, but it's so nice when it's just pure 60 FPS and it's just, the world is so beautiful. I'm only in the first big open world map. Uh, I think I'm getting close to finishing it. I was kind of sidetracked with all the side stuff. And with this one, I noticed it definitely took that metroidvania ideology to heart 
And unlike the first game, there's a lot more where you need to come back later on in the game. Uh, Once you've gotten new weapons, um, other stuff. Apparently, there's also like certain collectibles that you can only get once you beat the game and then come back to it, which I found very interesting. Uh, It's a really cool game. I think the combat feels a lot better. It almost, I don't want to say it feels like a rhythm game, but it, I definitely want to try my other moves and skills more. Whereas the first game, I felt like I was just kind of button mashing. This Mm -hmm. game makes it really nice. And uh, your, you know, your son, Artreus, like it's, you utilize him a lot more in this game, which is cool. Like, I feel like there's been times in fights where I'm like about to die and I have his arrows kind of like distracting enemies to the point where like I'm safe. And it's cool that they added that because I feel like most people wouldn't really utilize that kind of support character. Mm-hmm. But in this game, it it's fun. Like I just, I'm enjoying it. And when I find a game where when I turn it off, I'm like, I kind of want to go back and play it. Like for me, I feel like I don't want to say that's hard for me to find, but definitely with more time constraints in my life recently, if I play a game and I'm not like, or I'm thinking about it after or it's pulling me, then I kind of get sidetracked and play a different game. But when I have a fun time and I constantly want to play it, like I'll just binge it. And I can, I feel like this game is starting to do that now that, things are starting to open up more. I'm like, I want to see more. I want to do more. Like it's, it's really good. And I know we're going to have like a game of the year episode later, but I, I think I'm excited to see how I think of it when I beat it. Cause I know a lot of people are like deciding between Elden Ring and this game. And Mm. I, Personally, me, I feel like Elden Ring will be still my top just because I thought it was such a magical experience for me because it got me really into Souls games. But I'm enjoying what I'm playing of this game so far, and the voice acting is fantastic. And it's just, it's it's fun so far. I'm happy with it. Nice. So another game that just recently came out, which might be a guilty pleasure for some and a very polarizing topic along amongst the gaming community, I would say uh, that is Sonic Frontiers. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Yeah, there has not been a good Sonic game in a very, very long time. Sonic Mania was pretty good, though. Yeah. But But that's it. there's not like it i don't know there's something about sonic games nowadays as soon as i went to the 3d environment it became really difficult to appreciate sonic and there was i I, when looking at sonic frontiers i remember a fan-made game that was basically a a sonic ripoff and really you just got to run around in a 3d open world like sonic style and that was really cool and it was really popular to speed run those areas and 
it got pretty popular as well. I, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Sorry, developer. But, but yeah, it, it's a cool idea. And Sonic Frontier seems to take that that concept and go with it. Now, from what I've seen of footage and gameplay, the same thing happens in all new Sonic games. You are running, you're doing your classic Sonic thing, you're having fun, cruising through the land, and then combat. And now you have to stop. And you have to deal with this. And then you got to take, you know, fight. And then you're basically button mashing or rinsing and repeating the same exact move over and over again for every enemy. And then, okay, cool. Now I can go run again. Right. And they put in some uh, little bits here and there of the classic 2D side scrolling style Sonic where it goes into like the cyber world. But I don't know. It's this might this looks like one of the best Sonic games I've seen in a long time. But it still isn't like making me want to go back and play Sonic, unfortunately, because <laughs> it looks like a lot of work went into it. And I will say with how amazing our consoles are nowadays and how strong they are, the amount of like pop in in the Sonic games is insane. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a video or a trailer or anything that doesn't have pop in. Even the trailers for this game had it. Like, they really could not avoid it. So, for those of you who don't know what Pop-In is, just in case, it's whenever items just randomly load in front of you. And that you saw, like, for instance, let's say you see a platform in front of you and you run towards it. While you're in the air and you're about to approach it, all of a sudden, everything populates. Everything loads right then and there. And it it's kind of disorienting. It takes away from the experience, I would say. It completely destroys the immersion, 100%. And it's so crazy that Sonic cannot be handled. <laughs> he's just that fast. But <laughs> he's so fast that we can't load environments and crates and items and things like that fast enough. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of little bugs like that that kind of are keeping me away it's funny because i work with a bunch of kids right now and some of those kids absolutely love sonic but their only experience with them are a couple of the more recent games and the movies they're young they're like eight to twelve year old kids and like they are so jazzed for this sonic game and i feel so jaded like an old man it's like that's <laughs> not my sonic right like <laughs> looking back at old sega games so I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I might play it just because, but it doesn't look like a game that can really grab you. And they even added in the RPG element where you have to, you level up your attack, your speed, things like that. So you can go faster, hit harder. But they also added a RPG element to it where you have to level up the amount of rings you can hold as well. I was oh, like, that's, I didn't know that. yeah, I was like, that's weird, but okay. So you have to dump stats into that in order to carry more rings. I don't know if the amount that you're given in the beginning is like doable or you have to really start dumping stats into it to get some of the better stuff. I I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it that far. So, but I, I don't know. It could be just a fun guilty pleasure game to play once or twice, but definitely not for 60 bucks. It's, yeah. It's as someone who enjoyed sonic games even the sonic adventures titles it's i thought this game looked interesting i don't think i was ever interested in actually like picking this game up i mean Mm -hmm. if it ends up becoming like a free game or it gets discounted to like maybe i don't know 20 bucks i'd be into it but 
it's interesting how a lot of reviewers kind of didn't say it was the worst Sonic game, but a lot of them said, you know, the pop-in was the biggest factor because it actually screws over puzzles. Yeah. And how empty the world is. Like, it's... To me, it sounds dumb, but those are kind of big things for me. And, you know, I looked at the Steam reviews of it, and it's got a very positive review. You know, most people are praising it. It's weird. It's, you know, a lot of people, I also know that the Sonic fandom, they're, they're full of copium. You know, they're all like, this game's still going to be great because it's just a Sonic game. But yeah, no matter what, Sonic, it's going to be, it's like, no. <laughs> all these people are like, oh, the story is like some of the best Sonic story. And I'm like, seriously, is it because it actually has a story? Because every other <laughs> Sonic game didn't like, I, I'd be willing to give it a chance if I didn't have to spend money on it. Let's put it that way. Or if I got it cheap, like it, I like the fact that it's a, a fast breath of the wild. Cause I mean, breath of the wild was slow as hell. So it's kind of nice yeah. that you can go really fast, but I don't know. I am a sucker for collectathons and open world games, even though I complain about them all the time. This it's game, a love hate situation. Yeah. Yeah. I know this game has it, but I'm just like, I don't know. I, I think because of how empty the world is in that game, I just, it took away my interest in it. Yeah. But I'm happy to see people are digging it. You know, I would like to see maybe once it's fixed up a little bit more how it is. And I don't know. I feel like it's still too new to really see like the full picture of it. So Maybe once people have like actually like fully completed it and talk about it, I'd be kind of interested in seeing what it's like. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing a lot of people praising the looks of it, and while graphically, yeah, it's probably one of the most it's one of the most impressive Sonic games out there. The worlds are boring, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a lot of like that's one of the big things. So I am excited to see the reviews in a couple months, whenever the fandom dies down. And the people actually start, you know, criticizing it. And it's not just a bunch of Sonic fans or Sonic fans <laughs> that are just going at <laughs> it because it's Sonic, right? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. So what is another game on here that has really caught your eye that's going to be coming up? Uh, well, this game comes out on the 14th. Uh, it's called Pentiment. Mm, uh, that looks cool. This is the other game that I'm like very, very hyped about. And it's coming to Game Pass for people out there that have it. And I mean, one of the big reasons why I'm excited is it's a new game from Obsidian, which I've always adored their games, even though I feel like I haven't really. Oh, no, I've played some of their modern titles. I haven't played the Pillars of Eternity games, really, but. Everything else, yeah, grounded, outer worlds, all that junk. Like I, I, I'm a fan of their work, basically, <laughs> and uh, I know that Josh Sawyer worked on it, so I'm also really excited about that because I know he worked on New Vegas and a couple other titles, and it's you know, following what he says, like the amount of work that went into this game. I'm excited for it because it's like they actually took like history in that time uh, in Germany 
And seeing as how like a lot of my family like lineage comes from that exact like, you know, area of Southern Germany and stuff, I'm fascinated by it. I think the style of manuscripts and the choices, like I know this is not a game that's going to appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. But I don't know something about it. I'm just like, fuck, I want to play this. Like even excuse my language. Um, even I get tired of kind of games like this, but it's just so interesting looking. I mean, how can you make a historical kind of point and click game interesting? But I feel like this game kind of does it by the way it looks like it's just interesting. And I love that the art style kind of mimics a modern manuscript style, which I've always really liked the way that art looked in manuscripts, Mm -hmm. even though, I mean, obviously you can't understand the writing really. Um, It just looks cool. Like it's different. I think that's another reason why it's a breath of fresh air. Like it's a very different game than what we're used to. And I think, for me, that's something that I've been like looking for too. Just a break of the mold, I guess you could say. Right. It looks really, really cool. It reminds me, like, I like the fact that a lot of games are adopting this art style uh, for their titles. Like, what was that game? Card Shark, I think. Oh, this, yeah. Card Shark. It, it looks kind of similar to that. And I like the fact that they're, I like that gaming is becoming so or game making i should say has become so accessible that we're starting to see a lot of different areas of the world uh showcased in games and a lot mm-hmm. of different eras and you know small town villages and weird folklore that you would never hear of is being showcased here and i think that's a fantastic thing it's it's kind of amazing to to really see that evolve over time so this one, like, I didn't hear about it until you mentioned it, and it actually looks really, really interesting. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm curious to see what happens with that one. So another game that's going to be coming out, and it's a pretty big series here. Uh, it's the Dark Pictures anthology, The Devil in Me. So apparently this Ew. is going to be, yeah. <laughs> apparently this is the what final season, right? Is that what they said? I like, think so. Yes, because they're doing something else after this, I think. Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they're setting it up. It's like a season, like a show, right? But it, these games, it's kind of like you're watching a show, right? But for mm-hmm. this one, the story seems pretty interesting. I mean, all of the the Dark Pictures games are really exciting to play. I mean, visually stunning titles with actual actors for a lot of them. It's it's cool stuff. Uh, but for this, it's a group of documentary filmmakers that receive a mysterious call, inviting them to a modern-day replica of a serial killer H.H. Holmes murder castle. Uh, it's, shoot, <laughs> why would you want to do that? I don't know why. Uh, but <laughs> while they're there, obviously, chaos ensues. So like these titles are really fun. Um, I think it's great that it allows for, I believe, five-player co-op. Uh, where you can pass the controller back and forth. Uh, the It's actually adding some movement options to this too. So the, I guess they're adding quite a bit like jumping and running away from situations and different choices like that. So I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. Uh, 
Because uh, one reviewer that I happened to see mentioned that the kill scenes are set up kind of differently. It's like a like a staged situation, and mm. you can run away from them, or you can help. So it um it's like saw almost. That's what sound. That's the vibe I was getting. Could be completely wrong, but who knows? And uh, these ones are just always like good good fun they're really great to watch too I, I that's one of my guilty pleasures is i like watching gameplay of these games a little bit more than i like playing them <laughs> but i feel like they're just so much fun to see and just watch someone else experience because they play so much like a movie so I don't, I don't know should be good i think that's why they really appeal to me is that you know it's it's a game you can play but it's also a game you can watch mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter who, well, I mean, I guess it kind of does, who streams it or who records it. You know, if you watch someone play it, like, it can be funny. Like, especially if it's a funny person playing it. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you can crack up. And I, I've i played most, I think I've played all of their stuff except for House of Ashes, which was their title before this one. And, oh, and I haven't played The Quarry. But um, mm-hmm. I love their games. Um, the only one I haven't beaten is Until Dawn, which I really, I enjoyed it for what I played of it, and I just kind of need to go back to it. But as for the other games in the uh, Dark Pictures anthology, I love them. You know, playing with someone else, it's crazy. Because, you know, you actually are playing as, you know, usually the cast will get divided, right? So say there's, we'll go with four characters right you're always going to play two characters and your friend will always play two characters Mm -hmm. and what happens on my screen will be different from your screen because you're literally playing as the other person so you won't see what i'm seeing which makes it interesting like um i played this with my friend on uh, the ps5 so we were able to stream like our screens to each other right Nah, and it's cool seeing like how different they're seeing the same scene than I am. And uh like my character's getting killed and you see his character just like watching me get killed. Like it's <laughs> fascinating how they do that. And to me, I feel like when it comes to games being like movie quality, I think this is the very, very beginning of what it could be you know give give people give supermassive like a big huge budget to make like a crazy like triple a game and i think you could have a movie quality experience in a game because oh, the yeah. decisions are really interesting like i really like these games i know little hope was kind of i don't know to me i felt like it was kind of not as interesting as a man of Madon, but I love these games. Um, if people out there haven't played them, I highly recommend it. Usually the first two games are on sale, very cheap. I know they're on the PlayStation plus service, so they're there for free. And, uh, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't want to play the game, there's a movie mode, so you can just watch it play in front of you. That's cool. And I love that, you know, you can pass the controller for different characters. Like, it's just, they made, um, 
I don't say point and click game because it kind of is, but it's kind of not, but they made it. I feel like they kind of evolved it, right? Like, you know, we had our old point and clicks and then it evolved into telltale games like walking dead. And then I feel like this is kind of the next evolution of that style mixed with like an adventure game. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this game. Honestly, like it's, I kept forgetting it's coming out so soon, but it it makes me want to play through House of Ashes because I know people really swear by that game too. Yeah, they're all just a good time. Good time fun, honestly. All right, so real quick before we get into another really big one, there's some honorable mentions, I would say. These might not be the games that are 100% our favorites, but these are some pretty big titles coming out that people are, are excited for. Uh, first of all, would be WRC Generations, which looks like a really cool racing game. Like it looks pretty rad for what it is. Uh, and I know that these kind of games are huge. Obviously there's uh, a big racing community out there. Uh, another one real quick would be, uh, football manager. Like that game's dangerous. (laughs) I can tell (laughs) because I can see why people would get super into that. And I think it's really funny that there's actually like a Twitch like spot for that. To actually watch these simulated matches between teams and you can actually play as a soccer manager or football manager, which is pretty I cool. Believe I, people get yeah. crazy about those games. Yeah, and you can do some betting on it. And what's cool about Football Manager, I just realized this, is that it's on absolutely everything that you can think about. It's even on your phone. <laughs> so every console, PC, Steam, phone, all of it. You can get it absolutely anywhere and just be immersed in that, which I think is a really cool concept. But I mean, obviously, graphically, it might not be super amazing because of the fact that it's on all of those things. But I'm sure it's going to be a, a good fun time for people who are really into that. And another one that I think we can kind of like, right, maybe through <laughs> Hello Neighbor 2. I don't know why those games are super popular, <laughs> to be honest. People actually really love them. But Hello Neighbor 2 is coming out as well. So. I think people are forced to love them, right? Like, it feels like those games are only ever big because of YouTubers. And I feel like even YouTubers were like, this game kind of sucks. Like, yeah. I don't know. So it's one of those. But next for our big hitting one, I would say Smurfs Cart. Uh, yeah. How'd you know? No. (laughs) Goat Simulator 3. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, buddy. Oh, boy. Okay, so I I mean, it, yes, it's another Pokemon game. And yeah, sure, the mounts are weird, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. That's the one thing where I'm like, ooh. But the new Pokemon designs it look really, really cool. I, I think this might be a really interesting title. I do like the fact that there's different uh, game modes within it. So you can actually go through and you know, battle trainers and uh, and get your badges and go through the Elite Four, that kind of whole thing. Or you can do more of like an adventure mode where it's more story-driven and things like that, and you're going on quests to find stuff. So it's it's nice to see that they're kind of starting to deviate from the normal path that you usually do. I mean, after playing Pokemon Arceus, that was a great title. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it after I beat it, I haven't really felt a need to go back to it. Same thing with Sword and Shield, but a new title might be fun to play, and it looks interesting enough. I'm excited. 
the kids I know are super stoked on it. <laughs> They're asking for esports of that already, even though it's not out. I'm like, let's let's let the game come out and then we'll have that conversation. So I like that it at least feels like a return to basics compared to Sword and Shield. I uh, yeah, this is with a whole new Pokédex, huh? Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel burned by his sword and shield, even though I like, you know, Arceus um, quite a lot. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I know it's a game that I'm going to play for like maybe like 10 hours and then I'll just be like, eh, I've already experienced this. But yeah, I know a I'm lot of about. people love Pokemon and this game. I mean, I have faith in it that it's going to do well. I hope it does. You know, like you, you always want to hope that it does well. And just from the little bit I've seen, I mean, it does sound better than Sword and Shield, which, you know, I feel like after some time after it came out, people ended up really liking it. It's still, I think, one of the weaker entries, but people realized, oh, it's not bad. It's just easy. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like for me... I don't want to say the Pokemon ship has sailed, but the traditional style is just kind of like, I guess I've played so many of them. That's why I liked uh, Arceus because it just, it was different, but I, it's definitely Scarlet and Violet are definitely, I I'll keep an eye on them. You know, I'm going to see what people say. Like it's, it's always fun seeing people get excited about Pokemon games because it reminds me of how excited I got. You know, like when Gold and Silver came out and I flipped my lid. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool seeing like people freak out about this generation too. I, I do think that the Pokemon series needs that like Breath of the Wild treatment. It needs that change to really make it modern and... Uh, just stay relevant because the the rinse and repeat of the same games are getting kind of boring, right? And the fact mm-hmm. that they're re-releasing these remasters, like the Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond or whatever, like even the kids aren't responding well to those. Like they're fun, but it's it's the same Pokemon. And the fact that like these ten year old kids that I'm I'm working with are even wit- are realizing that now, it's like okay. We definitely need a revamp. So hopefully Scarlet and Violet give us the revamp that's necessary to keep that that spark going. Because when I was 10, man, I didn't care if it was the same game. I loved it. I was all into it. But after, what, 20 years of this, it's like, okay, let's, let's do something different. Let's evolve a little bit. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. All right, so for, as you guys have noticed, there are a lot, a lot of games. And we mentioned this in the beginning of the episode. And this is only some of the games that have really caught our eye that are coming out in these last two months of the year. Like they are really loading us up with a bunch of titles. And who knows, it could be to the detriment of them, right? They're spreading their sales out all over the place and nobody knows where to put their money right now because there's just so many out there and there are a lot more games that we want to talk about so what we're going to do is we're actually going to be splitting this episode into two parts so this is part one of games of the end of the year 
and then we will be going over some of the others because we haven't even scratched the surface of even the indie game market that's coming out too. And then we have some games that have caught our eye that are coming out early Q1, so we definitely want to chat about those as well. And by that time, we might have some experience or more time with God of War and maybe some time with Ogre Tactics as well. So maybe we'll give you guys a little bit of update on those games too and what we're thinking. Are they living up to the hype of what we, of how excited we are right now? Because it would be really hilarious if they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And like we talk so so much praise about them and then we come back and go, well, it was all right. (laughs) But we will see next week. So until then, you guys enjoy. Just soak in all the amazing games that are coming up and we'll talk to you guys next week. But so bye for now.